Okay, we are holding today Ezra Shem Dafhei Maseches Gitin. We're continuing the discussion, Raba and Rava. We're almost at its conclusion, actually. This Machlekes that we're analyzing from all, every every angle. So yesterday, yesterday we made concessions on Dafdalid between Raba and Rava. We said Raba Isle de Rava. Raba actually agrees in the underlying understanding of the Takana to save a funny nechtam, funny nechtam. He agrees with Rava's svara, meaning that he says the reason for Takanas Chazal to save when you bring get from overseas is also because there's witnesses, there aren't witnesses to validate it. He just has a second reason, which is also that they're not Baki and Lishma. So now today we're going to continue discussing these two sheets of Rava and Rava. We're going to bring three more questions from Mishnayis or Brysois against Rava. And then at the end of the sugya today, we're going to attempt to show that the machlekis Rabba and Rava is actually uh, contingent on a machlekis of prior Amarayim. We'll refute that, and then we'll explain what those machlekisim maybe are contingent on actually. So that's what we're going to do today. Two sections. Let's get into this. So we're holding now the bottom of Daladim and Beis, four lines from the bottom of the page. Tanan. Now we're quoting our Mishnah. Uh, excuse me, we're quoting a Mishnah in Daftesimad Aleph. So the Mishnah says like this, Tanan, the Mishnah says, give me a Kashan Rava. Tanan, the Mishnah says in Tesimad Aleph, Hamevi get Medina Sayam, somebody that brings a get from overseas. And he's not able to say, that it was written and signed in front of me. So the Mishnah Paskins, in Yeshalav Edim, if there are witnesses on the document, Yiskayim Bechaisamav, it should be validated with its signatures. Meaning, you have to bring two other people who can show that they identify these signatures, they know who they are, and that's a way to validate the document. Now the Gemara over there in Daftes discussed this Mishnah, and it asked, Now the Mishnah said, because it's, it's unable to be that the person who brought it, the Shaliach, wasn't able to say so you have to validate it with witnesses from the outside. But what does it mean? What does it mean? They're not able to say. He's not able to say. What does that mean practically? Turning to Hayamad Aleph, so So maybe it means he had a physical incapacity. Maybe he was mute, meaning deaf mute. Maybe he couldn't speak, and since he couldn't speak, he couldn't say so the Gemara says, Cheresh, Baris, Baris, Suye, Gita. The problem is, a Cheresh, somebody that's a deaf mute, Baris, Suye, Gita, who is he capable of bringing a get? Meaning, we're going to show in a minute that when it comes to a Cheresh, he's not even qualified to be the Shliach Lahailacha, to be the one who transfers the get from Medina Sayam to Eretz Yisrael. So we can't be talking about a Cheresh here because his. Uh, inability isn't just to say those words. He's not even allowed in halacha to be the shliach. The Gemara says v'hatzinan because the Mishnah teaches us and davchav gimel medalif hakok share and lahaviyas haget. All people are uh, acceptable to transfer the get to be the shliach loylacha to bring the get between the man and the woman. Chutz mecheresh shayt vekatan. Besides for a cheresh a deaf mute a deranged person and a child. So the Gemara says it can't be that it's talking about a cheresh and he was unable to say b'fani nechta b'fani nechta because of his inability to talk because then he wouldn't be qualified to bring the get either. So v'amr of Yosef sir Yosef answered. And what is it discussing on that Mishnah and Daftes? It's a very unique situation. He was living in Miami. 
and the husband wanted to divorce his wife in Eretz Yisrael. So he called over his friend Yankel. He said, Yankel, come here. Yankel is a pikeach at that time. He's totally able to talk, no problem. And he gave the get to the shliach. The shliach brought it over to Eretz Yisrael. He gave it over to the Isha in front of Beisdin. And right after giving it over to the Isha, immediately, Then he became a cherish before he was able to get those words out. Now, obviously, that's a very particular situation. But therefore, what? He had a stroke. He had a stroke. Something that right away took his ability to say those words. So when he gave it, he was actually qualified. He wasn't a cherish yet. But now he's unable to say the words. It was written and signed in front of me. So the Gemara says, what's the halacha? Says that Mishnah there is that other people from the outside can validate it if you bring two witnesses to validate those signatures. Asks the Gemara, this works out well according to Rava. According to Rava, the reason for the Takana is because the get is not validated. We don't know that this is a valid get. Okay, so you have two, two people come and validate those signatures. The husband can no longer protest. But But according to Rabbah, this is difficult. Because according to Rabbah, it's not a validation. It's Lushma's you. From Medina Sayyam, maybe it wasn't written. From Chutzlar, maybe it wasn't written Lushma. So what help? What does it help you that two people validate the signatures? Yeah, it was written properly. They're valid. Validating, that's not a problem. But maybe it wasn't written Lushma. So how does it help you that other people are validating this document now? So ask the Gemara, that Mishnah would come out to be difficult with Rabbah. So the Gemara is about to do, and we're going to go through three different kashas and terutzim in this, on this Amud, using this same Svara, is to show that although Rabbah had a concern, maybe it wasn't written Lishma, so, I mean, we discussed this briefly yesterday, but there was a time in history after which we already assumed the people in Chutzlar learned the laws of Lishma. Meaning, prior, apparently, Rashi learned they were not B'nai Torah, they didn't know the laws of Lishma, and therefore, if a get was brought from there, Rabbi says, you have to validate that it was Lishma by saying, At some point later in history, I guess yeshiva started to become established in uh, Chutzlar, etc. People started to learn the laws of Lishma, and therefore, what we're going to call it is La'achar Shalamdu. After they learned the laws of Lishma, it wasn't necessary to validate that anymore. So all you needed to validate then was that it was, uh, these are kosher witnesses. So therefore, if you have two kosher witnesses, it will be acceptable. So the Gemara answers, Hachav Maskinon, what is this Mishnah talking about? It's talking about a scenario where they already had learned the laws of Lishma, and we can rely on the fact that when a get is brought from overseas, it was written Lishma. So therefore, there's no need to say for that purpose alone. So the Gemara says, If that's true, So then why is the Mishnah saying, if the Shliach can't say, because he became a Cheresh before saying those words, so then you validate it with two other uh, Edim. Even if he was able to say those words, there shouldn't be a requirement for him to say, according to Rabbo, who says the issue is Lishma, because according to him, now that the Mishnah is talking about after they learned the laws of Lishma, this whole Takana should fall away to a large degree. So the Gemara says, no, that's not true, because Gezeira Shema Yachser Dover Lekilkula. It's a very interesting Svara. And we find this by Takanas Chazal. With Takanas Chazal, if Chazal make a takana, some sort of an establishment, a rule, even if the reasoning for the rule no longer stands, we have a gezeira, a decree, that that matter might return to its originally uh, problematic state. So therefore, even though now in history it's true they learned the laws of Lishma, 
if you don't require them to say at this point, what might end up happening is at some point later, they might not, you know, maybe, I don't know, the governments will disallow yeshivas, and they might not know the laws of Lishma, so we'll continue to require to be said now, even though they know the laws of Lishma, says Rabbah, because at some point later they might not know it. So it's just to continue the Takana. Gemara says, Yahachi, but if that's so, so then even if you're not able to say in this case of the Mishnah he became a cherish so what we should say now is since he can't fulfill the takanas chazal that you need to say well then it shouldn't be acceptable so even if you're not able to say it it shouldn't be acceptable even if there are two other witnesses since takanas chazal was you say and you're not able to say that so it shouldn't be acceptable how could it be acceptable with other validation so the Gemara answers, not a problem, because Pikech ben Ischaresh, this scenario where somebody was originally competent, gave the get over to the woman, and before he was able to say the words, he became a cheresh, that's a milsa delayshchicha. That is a matter that is uncommon. Whenever it comes to takanas chazal, chazal me takanas, that are based on normative situations. Situations that are extremely uncommon, they didn't fit the bill for the takana. So therefore, the Gemara says, Matters that were not common were not included in the Gezerah. And therefore, in such a scenario where the fellow walks in and he gives the get to the Isha and he's totally normal and right before he's able to say those words, he, like he gets a stroke. He's stru- struck with some sort of uh, deaf muteness, whatever the reason is. That type of a person wasn't included in the Takana. As long as you validate it from the outside with two other witnesses, it's not a problem. You can't write it down. It doesn't help us because that's not the takana. It's not the takana. Yeah, 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 yeah. Also, he doesn't have das the cheresh, so it doesn't really help us. Can we go back to the chosman and ask him if he actually, since yeah. all the sequence had already taken place, he had selected witnesses. Yes. Yes. The only problem is, is that the husband lives in uh, Costa Rica, so it doesn't help you. Costa Rica is no problem. Today. Yeah, today it didn't take you months to get there. I mean. Asks the Gemara, one second. So the principle you're saying is, if you have a scenario that's not common, so then it wouldn't be included in Takana. It wouldn't be included in Takana that you need to say, The problem with that is, we know that there's an, it's an interesting law. The law is as follows. The husband is allowed to have his wife, who he's divorcing, take her get, travel from overseas to Eretz Yisrael, bring the get to Beisdin, and say in front of the courts, it was written and signed in front of me, and they will effectuate the divorce. Now, it's a unique situation where he's saying to her, I want you to be divorced when you get to Beisdin. Now, when she gets to Beisdin, she's going to say, and she'll be divorced. This is an un- uncommon situation as well. And yet, she needs to say, so you see the Takana still existed, even though it was an uncommon situation. So let's see. Asks the Gemara, but in the case of the wife, which is also not a common case, and the Mishnah and Chav Gimlamud Beis teaches, a woman herself can bring her get to Beistin, as long as she says those the famous magic words, it was written and signed in front of me, that would be acceptable. So asks the Gemara, but if you're telling me in an uncommon case, the Chachamim did not enact their Takana, so why does she need to say, So the 
The Gemara answers, the answer to that is, is we don't want to distinguish between messengers. Meaning, when it comes to messengers in normal, normal situations, even though the Isha case is uncommon, she has the capacity to say those words. Since she has the capacity to say the words, when she comes to court, Chazal didn't want to distinguish between shlichus, between messengers. So she's also required to say those words. But a shliach that comes in who becomes deaf-mute, he is not able to say those words. So there, Chazal said that's an uncommon case and it's not necessary. I don't know if that's right. Ihachi asks the Gemara, if that's so, Balnami. So even when the husband brings the get himself, he should also have to say, because what we're saying now is, regardless of who the shliach is, if he has the, or she, has the capacity to say these words, in order not to distinguish between messengers, we will require them, and the only exception to that is the irregular case of a deaf mute who became deaf mute after giving it. Since he can't say it, as Rashi says over here, uh, this person is not able to, He's not able to, even though he really should. But the husband, when he brings the get as well, he should also have to. Now, we're about to show us another unique case, which is Allah Matanya, but we learned in a brisa, which states as follows, If the husband himself brings his get to the base in Yerushalayim, or in, in, in Eretz Yisrael, he does not need to say those words. Now, what's the case over here? The husband is essentially acting as his own shliach. He's acting as his own. He brings the get from Miami to Eretz Yisrael, and he gives the get to his wife. The halach is, he does not need to say it was written and signed in front of me. Asks the Gemara, but what you're saying is, where it's an uncommon case, they still require these words, because it might revert to its original uh, problematic situation, even though they learned the laws of Lishma, it's after Acha Shalamdu, so why doesn't he have to say it? He should be included. Not to distinguish between messengers. So the Gemara answers, well, you can't ask a question from the husband, because he doesn't fit the bill of the entire Takana. Because time why did the Rabbana require these magic words? The entire reason for the Takana was because maybe at some point later, husband's going to show up and uh, contradict that this get was sent. Or according to Rabbah, it wasn't written Lishma. Right. The problem is, in this case, he brings the get himself to the court in Eretz Yisroel, and he's going to protest it afterwards. He's not going to. If he's delivering it himself, there's not going to be any error after the fact. And therefore, in such a scenario, they learned the laws of Lishma, in such a scenario, there wouldn't be any reason to say the husband himself will have to uh, testify also that it was So let's just stop for a second. What we're saying at this point now, according to Rabbah, is that it's true the necessity of saying b'fani nechta, b'fani nechtam still exists la'achar shalamdu. It still is enacted after they learned the laws of lishma, but that's only based on the reasoning of shemiyachzer davar l'kilkulai, because maybe at some point later they'll forget the laws of lishma, even though they've learned them. Based on that, what we're saying is, in normal cases, you would have to say but in irregular cases, for example, where the person became a cheresh after delivering the get to the isha, the cheresh, the shliach cheresh, would be exempted because he can't actually say anything. However, in a scenario where they could, for example, the husband who brings it himself, 
or the wife, excuse me, the wife brings her own get to Beisdin, she is required the husband, he doesn't have to say it because the entire issue is he might contradict later. If he's bringing it and delivering it, then we're not concerned about that. So anyways, this third question on Rabbah is resolved. Let's move on. Toshma. So now we bring another kasha, fourth question against Rabbah, based on the following conversation. Shmuel asked Rav the following shayla. What happens, this is not one shliach bringing it, but rather a husband sent two messengers to deliver a get from overseas to his wife in Eretz Yisrael. So Shmuel asked Rav the following. Where one person brings it, we know there's a takana, they have to say, What about if two people bring it? Meaning two people were appointed shluchim on the matter. They bring a get from overseas, they deliver it to the isha. Do they also need to say it was written and signed in front of us? Or there was no takana when it comes to two people, it was only for one person. So Amar Leser of Huna responded, It's not necessary. So the Gemara says, and why, why did he say that? So Rav Huna validated it, you don't need to, because umayilu yom rufanenu girsha. If the witnesses would come to court in Eretz Yisrael and say, this woman was divorced in front of us, meaning they would come, what's the halacha? That's, that's testimony, that's accepted. Certainly they'd be believed. So it's the same thing here. If two people bring it, there's no necessity for them to say, because it's testimony. Two kosher witnesses. So the Gemara says, Alright, this works out good according to Rava. The entire purpose is to validate the get. But according to Rava, that they're not Biki and Lishma, well, it's still not Biki and Lishma, even though there were two witnesses there. So how does Rava understand this answer? So the Gemara answers again, Again, this is talking about after the point in history where they knew the laws of Lishma and Chutzala Aret. Since they knew the laws, there wasn't a concern for that. So the Gemara says, if so, Chadnami. So then why were they discussing the scenario of two? Even if it was just one witness, you don't need to say, So the Gemara answers, Again, it's a Gezerah where there was one witness who brings the get into court he would still have to say it because it might go back to its problematic state. So the takana of Chazal remained enacted even though they knew the halacha of Lishma and Chutzalaret. By one, not says, by two. By one, not by two. The Gemara says, if that's true, betray nami. So the Gemara says, okay, good. But if you're telling me that they enacted the takana even when it wasn't applicable because they knew the laws of Lishma, according to Rabbah, so then even if two people bring the get into court, they should have to say, b'faneinu nechtam, b'faneinu b'faneinu nechtam. The Gemara answers, like we said before, they trade the Maisigita, two people that bring a get, mils to is something that's uncommon. Usually, when you send a shliach to deliver a get from Chutzlar to Eretz Yisrael, you would send one. Sending two is an uncommon scenario. Again, since it's an uncommon scenario, mils to Rabbanan didn't extend their gezer that you still need to say in an uncommon scenario. Two people acting as the messengers is uncommon, so therefore, there they didn't require you to say. Same shakalatari as before. But the case of the wife bringing the get to court is also an uncommon scenario. We learned on the Mishnah later that when the wife herself brings the get to court and her husband said, I want you to bring it to court and only be divorced when you get there, she has to say, even though it's an uncommon scenario. So asks the Gemara, you see, even in an uncommon scenario, they extended the Gezerah. The Gemara answers, no, again, that they 
they only did that because they don't want to distinguish between shlichus, meaning in, in, in cases of one. This is how Tysus learns this over here. Where you have one messenger coming in, they wanted to equate everybody. So therefore, if a woman comes in, she is one person, just like other individual shluchim would be required, she would also be required. The Gemara says if that's true, that one shliach who comes in would have to say, because you don't want to distinguish between shluchim, so balnami, so even if the husband delivers the get himself as a shliach, it should be the same law. But why do we learn in a brisa? That if the husband brings the get to Eretz Yisrael to give it to his wife as a shliach, basically for himself, he does not need to. But if you're saying, as Taisus learns, where one person brings it, they need to say not to distinguish between one types of one one messengers, so then he should also have to. Gemara answers the same way we answered above. Why did they require us to say these magic words when we bring a get from overseas? Because the husband might come later and contradict the get. If the husband himself is taking it and bringing it in his hand, is he going to protest later? Of course not. He's the one delivering it. So therefore, the Gemara says he doesn't have to. So what we've just established, again, a similar idea to the previous Pircha, is that Rabbah holds, again, that the Lushma, even though it no longer exists because they learned the laws of Lushma, there still is a concept of So we'll keep the Takanas Chazal to say these words when somebody comes and delivers again. In the case of two witnesses coming, that's an uncommon scenario. Since it's an uncommon scenario, it wasn't included in the Takana. But scenarios where one person brings it in, we're going to we're going to require the Shliach to give the to, to say these words, even though they know the laws of Lushma and Chutzalaritz. Tashma, let's bring the final question against Rabba now. So the Gemara is the fifth question on Rabba or Sugya. So Tashma. This is, uh, okay, let's bring a rat from a Brisa. Maybe get Medina Sayam. Somebody brings a get from overseas. So Shliach brings a get from overseas. Venas Nula. And he gives the get to the Isha. And he does not say these words. He doesn't say it was written inside in front of me. So the Brisa says, Im niskayim bechaisam of kosher. If the get was validated with its signatures, kosher. So then the get's acceptable. Which means if you had two people from the outside who could come and recognize those signatures, they knew who they were, acceptable. The im lav, now if they couldn't, puzzle. So the get is considered invalid. So the Gemara says, heve, and the Brisa continues, you see from this, that the reason for is not necessary to be stringent on it on this on the case. Rather, it's a leniency. It means the Brisa itself speaks out. You see, the capacity to say that Chazal enacted was essentially a leniency. When you don't have a shliach who says that, then you need to go and find witnesses from the outside to validate the signatures. But the, the easier case would be, he could just say, According to Rava, this makes sense, because the way we interpret, how is it a leniency? Because what is the shliach doing, essentially? He's validating the get. It's a kiyomashtar. It's a validation of the signatures therein, validation of the get, in order that the husband can't protest later. But according to Rabbah, what's the purpose? It's a chumrah, because according to Rabbah, what the Edom are accomplishing, that you're bringing from the outside, is kiyom ashtar, it's validation of the get. But according to Rabbah, you need something else. What do you need to know that it's lishma? So it seems to be that the Brisa, as it speaks out, that the purpose of b'fanei nech, b'fanei nechtam, 
is a leniency and not a stringency conforms with the opinion of Rava, that it's a kiyom ashtar. So when you don't have that kula because he doesn't say it, you bring witnesses from the outside to do that same purpose. According to Rava, however, it would come out of Chumrah actually. Because according to Rava, what they're able to accomplish, i.e., what the Shliach is able to accomplish, sorry, is that it's Lishma. That's what he's saying. So it comes out to be a Chumrah. The Bryce is saying it's only a kula. This comes out difficult in the opinion of Rava. So the Gemara answers again, not a problem. The reason nowadays it is only a leniency is because they already learned the laws of Lishma. So all the Shliach needs to do really is just to validate the get, Kiyom Ashtar. And Kiyom Ashtar, if he's not there, so you bring in witnesses from the outside. But the Lishma element is no longer necessary. The problem is, we already stated, according to Rabbi, you also need to validate that it's Lishma, even though they know the laws of Lishma, because it might go back to its problematic state. So if so, why could you get away with not validating Lishma in this case? So the Gemara answers, Kishanises. Okay. So we have extenuating circumstances here. What happened was, Shliach came into court in Eretz Yisrael. He gave the get to the woman. He did not say, She went and got married. Now, she got married already. And then at some point later, they, they chapped. Wow, this, uh, they didn't, he didn't say the magic words. So in such a scenario, what we're going to do is, as long as you can validate it, it's not a problem. Why? It wasn't Lishma. And even though they know the laws of Lishma, we still require the Takana to be established. The answer is, once she gets married, we're not going to go so far as to, even though, even though there is a Takana still in state, this, since they know the laws of Lishma, we're not going to uh, enforce it if she has already gotten married. The Gemara says if that's true, the Brisa doesn't really read. Because what did the Brisa say? The Bryce has said, that we can deduce from this the fact that if the shliach doesn't say it, you have to validate it with witnesses. That you see that the concept of is not to be stringent on her. It's rather to be lenient on the case. So the Gemara says, that's not the right thing that the Bryce should have said. Really, what the Bryce should have said is the reason you could be. Uh, lenient or not have to require the shliach to say those words is because she got married. Meaning to say, really, it's not, it doesn't have to do with what the shliach did or didn't do. The point the Bryce should have said is because she got married, she therefore the shliach doesn't have to say. Meaning we don't have to be so machmir to enforce the shliach to having have said it. Why? Because she has gotten married. The Bryce doesn't emphasize that. But, but the consequences may be so tragic Correct. that, uh, that you have to be careful because uh, Correct. So that's why the Brisa should have said, it's not that you see is a leniency and not a chumrah. What it should have said is, since she got married, that's why we're not going to require her to say the shliach to So the Gemara answers, this is how you would interpret the Brisa. This is how you could interpret the Brisa. You might say we should be stringent on this woman and cause her to be divorced because they didn't fulfill Takana's Chazal, even though they know the law of Lishma, the Takana remained in place. The answer to that is, is that after the fact that she already has gotten married, we know that the purpose of a is not to be machmir on her to force her to become divorced. We're not going to be machmir and force her to get divorced after she's already gotten married. Rather, we're going to be lenient. And Rashi learns, The entire enactment of this was initially so that she doesn't have to go find Edom to validate this get. 
they were lenient to say the shliach can get away with just saying so therefore after the fact that she's gotten married we're not going to push it so far to say she has to get divorced and the Gemara continues turning to Hamad Beis now Time am I, because what's the reason the Gemara explains that you need in general Maybe the husband will come in and validate the get. Now the Gemara at this point seems to be saying something interesting is that even the lishma element he might come in and validate the get by saying it wasn't lishma. So So if the husband's not protesting at this point, we as Bezin, are we going to protest? Meaning the entire purpose of this takana is to protect her from an unfortunate reality that could occur if the husband protests later. I, if he's not here protesting, she's all got, already gotten married, and the entire enactment initially when the shliach shows up is to benefit her, we're not going to mess her up later if she uh, gets married. Now, if he does show up, we'll have to deal with that later. But at this point, we as Bazdin aren't going to take a stronger approach than the husband, because he's not even here. Mela, in such a scenario, we're not going to force her to get divorced. Yes, of course, yes. Yes, yes. Okay, so therefore what the Gemara is done now, that's really the end of the Kashas on Rabba. Now what the Gemara is going to move on to the second part of today is to try to show, as we tried to do earlier with Tanoim, what we're going to show now is that this Machlaikis, Rabba and Rava, is actually contingent on an earlier Machlaikis Amoraim, as we'll see now the Gemara shows us. This Machlaikis, Rabbah and Rava, is contingent on a Machlaikis, Rabbi Yoich and Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi. These are also Amoraim, but they're earlier Amoraim. What does the Gemara say? Chadamar, so one sheet that says, Rabbi Yoich and Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi. One of these two say, Lathish Embiki and Lashma. The reason for the enactment was that they're not proficient in the laws of Lashma and Chutz and But Chadamar, the other sheet that said, Lathish Ein Edim Mitzayin Lakaimoy. Because witnesses are not around to validate it. So the Gemara says, you see, well, that's very clear. Meaning, that's very clear, you see, from those two sheets. It's exactly the, the words of Rabbah and Rava. It would appear that it's exactly the same Machlaik as Rabbah and Rava. Now what the Gemara wants to do is to show which of these opinions holds like which opinion. So let's bring a proof that Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi is the one who holds, like Rava, that the reason for the enactment was because... They're not Bikiyah and Lishma. Excuse me, like Rabbah, excuse me, that they're not Bikiyah and Lishma, that the people of Chutzla Aretz are not proficient in the laws of Lishma. The Gemara quotes a story, because Rabbi Shem ben Abba, he brought a get in front of Rabbi Shem ben Levi. So it seems to be he brought a get from overseas, this Rabbi Shem ben Abba, he brought it to Rabbi Shem ben Levi, and Rabbi Shem ben Levi said to him, uh, excuse me, and Rabbi Shem ben Abba said to Rabbi Shem ben Levi, Do I have to say, the words or not. Amr Laser Bishop and Levi said, Light Srichas, you don't need to say. It was only necessary to say those words in the earlier generations, because they were not proficient in the laws of Lishma. But in the later generations, the Bikin Lishma, that even in Chutzla Aretz, they're proficient in those laws, it's not necessary to say the words, Good. I mean, that's a Mephor Sharaya. Rabbi Shub and Levi is clearly quoting the opinion of Rabbah, saying it's unnecessary today, because it's Lachar Shalamdu. They learned the laws of Lishma. So now the Gemara accepts the fact that Rabbi and Levi holds like Rabbah, which means Rabbi Yochanan will hold like Rava, by the way. But the Gemara just doesn't understand what's shot in the story. Who is bringing this over? One witness is bringing this over. 
So meaning you only have one. It seems like Rabbi Shimon Bar Abba was an independent witness or independent shliach over here bringing the get into the court of Rabbi Shimon Levi. That doesn't really work. Gemara just challenges that. But Tizbara, is that logical that one witness was acceptable? But although the, Rashi learns is the, the proof is accepted is that Rabbi Shimon Levi holds like Rabba. But still, there's a difficulty in the storyline. But we concluded in Daladim and Beis that Rabba holds like Rava, which means Rabba concedes to Rava's reasoning for the Takana that you need to validate, if you need two witnesses around to validate, so you should need two witnesses in order to give the get credence that the husband shouldn't come later and contradict it. How could Hashem Barab be trusted as an independent witness? And furthermore, and furthermore, we said already, which means that the enactment remains in place. So why don't you have to say, you should have to. Really, the story was, Rashim Bar Abba didn't bring this get by himself from overseas. There was another person there with him. There were two people. It was Rashim Bar Abba and somebody of lesser stature, of lesser importance. And, and, and Sarashi speaks out, therefore, if there's two people, According to Rava, there's no problem. That's a validation. The husband can't come later and contradict it. And secondly, we said that's an uncommon situation. That's not where Takanas Chazal remained in place. Even Rava would concede, where two people bring it, you don't have to say, So then why doesn't the storyline quote who the other person was? wasn't counted. So apparently, the Gemara says, is, in order to give Rabshim Bar Abba honor, is that he's greater. If you would quote another person, Rabshim Bar Abba and Pliny uh, Almoni, that would be disrespectful because of the statue of Rabshim Bar Abba. So he just said, Rabshim Bar Abba brought it. Really, somebody else was there with him, which negated the necessity to save Nechdam, as well as the fact that you don't have to worry about a later uh, protest, a later ear, or, and therefore, it just wasn't quoted because of the honor of Rabshim Bar Abba. Bottom line is, though, we have shown that Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi holds like Rabba, which means Rabbi Yochanan will hold like Rava, the reason for the Takana was. Rob and Rob were held like them because they were earlier. Correct, correct, exactly, exactly. You're right. So you're why right. why bring down the whole Rob and Rob uh, scenario if it was already I done? I hear, I hear. That's a good point. Rob and Rob. You're saying, you're saying once we once we know that it's really an earlier machlek, it's not yeah. Rabbi, it should have been quoted. I hear, I hear. Maybe the discussions were more thorough regarding Rob and Rob. I don't know. That's a good point. It's an interesting thing, by the way. Certain Amorayim are the foundation and yeah. basis of most of the discussions in Shas. And certain Amorayim are not. It's a very, very interesting thing. I don't know what Shat that is exactly. I guess those they were the more, maybe they were more involved in discussions when the Gemara was being written. So Mela was recorded based on that. Yeah. There's a precedent in this. A witness has to be a kosher witness and it has to qualify to be a witness, which means that even though there is social differences or intellectual difference between two Aiden, both have to be identified. Correct, In correct. In other words, this is an odd situation. True, because true. Because it's just the COVID of a person Rabbi coming Rabbi, yeah. before it, it, it making justice to the exactly. husband and the wife. Exactly, exactly. No, no, well, there was another witness. It's not a problem. Right, right, exactly. Okay. Now, we're quoting this statement, which we quoted above a few times, actually, twice on Gimel Amad And the, the uh, discussion here is a machlekis, which we're quoting here because we're going to try to tie it back into the machlekis Rava and Rava. But if you remember, on Gimel Amad Aleph, we quoted that when the get was delivered from the shliach to the woman, it had to be given in the presence of a certain number of witnesses. So we're going to discuss now that machlekis and try to tie it into Rava and Rava 
In the Maskana, we're going to explain the basis is actually a different basis altogether. But Itmar, we quoted above, How many people have to be there when the Shliach delivers the get to the woman? So Rabbi Yochan and Rabbi Chanina, there's a machlekis, Rabbi Yochan and Rabbi Chanina. Chadam, or one of the shittas say, b'fnei shnayim, b'chadam b'fnei shloisha. The other one says in front of three. So either you have to have two people there, or you have to have three witnesses there watching the transaction between the shliach and the isha. So the Gemara says, t'stayim to Rabbi Yochan and Rabbi Chanina, b'fnei shnayim. Let's try to bring a proof that Rabbi Yochan is the one who requires two witnesses to be there when the get is given to the woman. Why? Because we have a story. Rabbi Bar of Chizda brought a get in front of Rabbi Yochanan, and he wanted to deliver it. So Rabbi Yochanan said to Rabbi Bar of Chizda, Zil havla tre. He said, go give the get to the woman in front of two people. And say to them, to the witnesses that are seeing the situation, to the Isha, to the people that are there, It was written and signed in front of me. So the Gemara says, Tistayim, that seems to be a good raya. You see clearly, Rabbi Yochanan holds that you need two people to be there witnessing the transaction. Rabbi Hanina must hold then, you need three. So the Gemara says, well, what is the basis of this machlaikis? What would be the difference if you need two witnesses or three witnesses following, uh, during the transaction between the Shliach and the Isha? So let us suggest that the machlaikis between two or three, Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi, and Rabbi Hanina, is based on the earlier machlaikis. According to Rabbi Yochanan, you need two witnesses to be there. Kasav he holds that the reasoning for the Takana was that they're not proficient in the laws of Lishma. So therefore, when the when the wit- two witnesses are there, um, when two witnesses are there, it validates the fact that it's lishmo mandar And the one who says that you actually need three kasavr lefisha in edimitzuyon lekaimai, he holds that he holds that uh, witnesses are not around to validate the get, and therefore, in order to validate, you need three. Now, I just want to point out, really, what is the difference over here? According to Rabbi Yochanan, who would say that you need only two witnesses to be there, just like any general testimony. General testimony requires two people. So he says, that validates that it's Lashma, that's acceptable. According to Rabbi Hanina, he holds like Rava, that's what the Gemara is attempting to say here, and since he holds like Rava, you actually need three witnesses there. Why? Because the purpose of is to give validation to the get. Now the halacha is, as Rashi explains here, that whenever you validate a get, right, today it's called when you, uh, when you validate a document, when you... Uh, Notarize a document. According to Allah, you need three witnesses, three, it's really a based in, to do such. Since it's validating the document, according to Rabbi Hanina, who holds like Rava, you actually need three people to be there. You need the Kayach of a based in to validate the document. Now, what would emerge then is that it would come out to Machlekes Rabbi Yochan, Rabbi Hanina, two or three to be there at the transaction is contingent on the Machlekes, Rava and Rava. So the Gemara refutes this assumption and says, really, it's not contingent. The Machlekes, Rabbi Yochan, and and Rabbi Hanina, two or three, can't be contingent on Rava and Rafa. Why? So question number one on that is, Batizbra, is that logical? Vaha, Hamid Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, Amr Lafish, and Lishma. The problem is, on the prior sugya, just before this, we said that Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, we, we explained that Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi held that 
the reasoning for the Takana is because they're not Bikiyan Lashma, which we spelled out in the distinction between Doris Rishayim, Doris Vacharayim. But then, who was the one who was arguing with Shubhan Rabbi Yechanan. Rabbi Yechanan was the one who argued. So Rabbi Yechanan, number Lafishain, Eidim Mitzuyan Lakaimoy. So then it would emerge that Rabbi Yechanan has to hold actually like Rava's Shita and not like Rava's Shita. But that would contradict the way we're trying to explain the Machlaikis of two and three being contingent on that very Machlaikis. But it would come out here, Rabbi Yechanan holds like Rava, and in the prior Sugya, it would be that he holds like Rava. So then how could Rabbi Yechanan say in front of two, which would seem to conform to the opinion of Rabbah? And furthermore, you can't say that that's necessarily the basis of the Machlaikis, because how Rabbah is laid to Rabbah, like we've already established, Rabbah holds of the opinion of Rabbah, he agrees that you need to validate the document in the face of future contradiction of the husband. So you should need three if it's a validation of documents, as that's what's necessary when it comes to Kiyom Shtar. Ella, the Gemara says, that can't be the basis of the Machlaikis. And Everybody agrees. means both Rabbi Yechonin and Rabbi Chanina hold that in order to uh, in order to fulfill the Takana, you need Edim and Lekaimah. The purpose of it was so that uh, there's witnesses around to validate, i.e., you need to follow the opinion of Rava. Everyone agrees like Rava, as we established in the prior Machlaikis, Rishub and Levi, Rabbi Yechonin holds like Rava, and Rabbi Chanina can hold like Rava as well. The basis of the Machlaik is if you need two or three to be there at the time of the transaction is based on the Machlaik do we say just as a Shliach can act as a witness, so too a witness can act as a judge? Or do we say no, although a Shliach, the messenger, can be a witness and testify about something, in this case the validity of the get? The aide, the witness, cannot act as one of the judges because everyone agrees essentially you need three. According to Rabbi Yechanan, that you need only two people to be there at the transaction. He holds that the messenger can act as a witness to testify to the Kiyomashtar, the validation of the document. And then the aide can also act as one of the people sitting on the Beisdin. So as long as there's two people there, he can act as the third member of Beisdin. Thus, he can validate the document like that. Umandam Rabbi Chanino says, you need three people to be there outside of the Shliach Kasavar. Shliach Nas Eid. It's true that a messenger can act as a witness, but Ve'ein Eid Nas The Eid cannot act as the judge, and therefore, since he can't act as the judge, you need three people independent of him because you're validating the document. Asks the Gemara. The problem with saying this is, but the Gemara Paskins elsewhere regarding matters that are. Only midrabanan the aid nasadayan that an aid could become a judge and kiyomashtaras kiyomshtaras Rashi explains over here is a matter that's drabanan so therefore everybody should agree with Rabbi Chanina's uh, with uh, excuse me with Rabbi Yochanan's contention if that's what the basis of the machlokes is so the Gemara says a third attempt to explain the machlokes this is the basis of debate here Tamar Savar Rabbi Chanina holds even the isha kishera since we know that there is a scenario that a woman is acceptable to bring a get right we said she can act as a shliach loylocha to bring a get either for herself or a friend it's acceptable. So Zimnin de Itisa. So the problem is there might be a scenario where a woman brings a get, and if you only generally require two people to be there, they would rely on her, and she's not a kosher person to join the court. Why why is she not a kosher person to join the court? Because 
she's a, a woman can't be a judge. So Rabbi Hanina says, therefore, in general, we require three to avert the situation where you might have a woman bringing the get and she wouldn't be able to join the court. And Rabbi Yechanan says, Everybody knows regarding a woman, they would not rely on her. So in such a scenario, they would require three. But in general, you could rely on two because Eid Nasa Dayan. Beautiful. That supports you only need two people to be there when the transaction occurs. The Brisa says, Somebody brought a gift from overseas and gave it to her. But he didn't say the magic words. So the Tanakama, Rameir's opinion is, Rameir says, he's very machmir on this. He said if she remarried with that get, she'd have to get divorced. And any children born of the second marriage are mamzerim, as she was never divorced properly. The child is not considered a mamzer. Now, the Brisa continues, So in such a scenario that it was given without the proper formula, what should they do after the fact? So the get should be taken from her, and he should give it back to her, in front of two people, and say the magic formula. But you see the Brisa says very clearly, in front of two people, that seems to support the opinion of Rabbi Yechon. The way we're explaining it, is because and there's no gezerah for a scenario where a woman brings a get uh, and cannot join the courts. There you'll get three people. Now the Gemara just challenged Rameir's opinion. According to Rameir, because the Shliach didn't say that the woman has to get divorced and the child is a mamzer, that seems to be very strict on the situation. So the Gemara says, in, yes. Rameir Rameir is according to his own reasoning. The name of Ula, the Rameir used to say, anybody that changes the formula that the Chacham established regarding Gitin, so they have to be divorced and the child considered a mamzer. Meaning any uh, change from what Chazal established regarding Gitin wouldn't, would make the get, render the get ineffective. Gemara now continues on. It's really a bit of a new discussion, but the Gemara is going now to discuss is how much of the get would the Shliach have to be able to say about that it was written and signed in front of me, i.e., how much does he have to actually be there to witness? So Baradaya Boila Gita, Baradaya wanted to bring a get. He came in front of Rabbi He was appointed over Gitin in that city. Rashi explains over here because we know the severity of Gitin. As the Gemara Kedushin tells us, and somebody that doesn't know the laws of Gitin and Kedushin should not be involved with them. So they used to appoint great people in the city to be involved. Rabbi Achi was the one appointed. So this Baradaya came in front of Rabbi Achi. Amar lay, and Rabbi Achi told Baradaya, you have to be standing over every letter written in the get in order that you can attest However, when Baradai came in front of Rami Ravasi, Amrile, they weren't as strict. They said, you don't need to. You don't need to be there for every letter. And maybe you'll say, Rashi explains it here, so what rather do you need? Just Bishita Achas. You just need a witness. You need to be in the presence in their presence when they write one one line. So Mufarshim explained one line means that it has to be that you witness the when the important details are written, his name, her name, the city, etc. But you don't need to be there for every word that's written, every letter written in the get. So maybe you'll say we should just be machmir and be there for 
the entire thing, even though we are saying, Ravami and Ravasi, then you only have to be there for the important information for one line. So the Gemara says, no, that would be a problem, because if you're so machmir, so as to say, you need to be there for every letter, so then you're going to be mighty laws, you're going to cast dispersions against the earlier Gittin, that they weren't so machmir. So if Ravami Ravasi said, just be there for one line, and it's not a problem. Gemara continues this discussion. Rabba Barbarchana, I see Gita, Rabba Barbarchana brought again. Palga Ichtav Kameh, Palga Lo Ichtav Kameh. So half of it was written in front of him and half was not. So Asla Kameh, Rebbe Lazar, he came in front of Rebbe Lazar, Amarlei, and Rebbe Lazar, Paskin, Afilu, like Kasaboy, Alashita, Achas, Lashma, even if only one line was written, Lashma, means you can testify to that. Shuvein Oetzarch, the rest of it is not necessary. Meaning, as long as you were there for one line, which again we explained the important information, it's an acceptable Shlich, it's not a problem. Ravashi, and Ravashi takes a step further, turning to Vav Modalith, Afilu Kan Kolmusa, Vikan Migilta. Even if, or they add in the word shama, even if the shliach heard the sound of the pen scratching and the sound of the scratching on the cloth, on the on the parchment, even so, that would be acceptable. Even though you didn't see any of it being written, you just heard the writing being done. Even that would be sufficient in a scenario for him to testify that it was being done properly. So Ravashi is is very lenient in this situation. You actually don't have to see any of see any of it being done lishma. But rather, you just have to be able to hear uh, the get being done. Tysus does point out uh, that a summa still is invalid, and he says it's not the same thing, meaning a blind person, even though he hears, he is invalid to bring, <coughs> bring the get, which we'll discuss in the next parak. Gemara continues as Tani Kavasi Ravashi. Let's bring a proof to support Ravashi. The, the Brisa says, I maybe get Medina Sayam, I feel. So if a shliach brings a get from overseas, even if he was in the uh, bottom part of the house and the cipher, the scribe was in the attic when it was written, or or he was in the attic and the sofa was in the base of the house, and the Brisa says, even if, now we're going to see who who is, but someone, one of the two of them was going out and in the entire day, kosher, who it's acceptable. Kosher. It would be acceptable. So the Gemara says, one second, let's analyze this b'risa. In such a scenario where he's in the base of the house and the cipher is in the aliyah in the attic, he hasn't seen the get. How is that acceptable to say it was written inside in front of me? Ella, the Gemara says, it must be it must be where he heard the sound of the scratching of the pen on the paper, on the parchment, that would be acceptable. So this is a riot to support Ravashi. You could even say, even if you're not actually there when the get's being written and see it being written. Amar Mar, the Gemara just wants to analyze the third case of that Bryson out. Even if he was going in and out the entire day while the get was being written, it's acceptable. So the Gemara says, man, who was going out and in? What's the Bryson saying? If it means the messenger who was delivering the get was going out and in the entire day, and it's acceptable, that's not a Chiddush, because in a scenario where he was in a different part of the house, he was in the attic or in the base, and the cipher was in the other part of the house, we said it's kosher in the ratio of the b'risa. So if he's going in and out, of course it will be acceptable. Meaning there's no more of a chiddush there, because if he's not seeing the entire thing, it's acceptable. Certainly if he's seeing part of it while he's going in and out, it will be acceptable. Ella cipher, it must be that what the Bryce is saying is, is if the scribe who's writing it was nechnas v'yoytze, it would still be acceptable. So the Gemara says, Peshita, what's the Chiddush in that? Shem nechnas v'yoytze, and if Selene, means if he's going in and out, the cipher, the scribe is going in and out of the house, why would that invalidate the document? What does that have to do with invalidation? So the Gemara says, Loi, it would be necessary to say a Chiddush, the nafak l'shuk asa. 
The cipher went out to the marketplace where there's a lot of people, and then he returned. So Ma'odetema, you might say, maybe he met someone else in the market, and he said to him, meaning he made up with another person in the market, that although he meant to be writing it initially for... Uh, for the person that he started off with. Then he met somebody else and he offered him a higher sum, let's say, and he started to maybe write it for that fellow. But the problem with that would be is that then it's mamish not l'shma for either of them because then it comes out that it's not l'shma for the new person or for the old person. He gives it to the old person, that should be a chashash that it wasn't written l'shma. So maybe if he has contact with the outside world, essentially, you should be chashash that the get wasn't written l'shma for the sake of the woman. And even though it maybe happened to be the same names, but that would be a problem. Malan, that we're not chayshish for that, and therefore we're going to say that as long as, if even if he went in and out, the cipher went in and out, it'd still be acceptable, and this get can be given to whoever it's being written for. We're stopping the top of uh, towards the top of Avamad Aleph. As Hashem will pick up tomorrow, and everyone have a wonderful day.